Welcome to Indie Beauty Radio with your host, Rachel Whitaker, founder of the Indie Beauty Delivers community. Welcome to this week's edition of Indie Beauty TV, which is the 20th episode. Well, actually, <laughs> Simon and I can call it the 21st because this is our second attempt at recording this session today. Uh, my name's Rachel Whitaker. I'm the host of Indie Beauty TV, the founder of the Indie Beauty Delivers community. Uh, you can follow me if you like what I do on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. You can go check out the previous Indie Beauty TV episodes on YouTube. And you can join my mailing list, which gets an amazing, very special blog every Monday. And you can go and join that by going um, on my website. So I have a guest for the second time today. It's Simon, founder of Be Good Skincare. And Simon is here to talk to us because he has recently uh, completed an incredibly successful crowdfunding campaign. Um, and I know when I put questions and mentioned that I was going to be interviewing Simon, we had loads of questions back. So I know this is a topic that for you guys is incredibly important. Um, and so I'm going to hand over to Simon for the second time today. Uh, ask him just to introduce uh, Be Good, uh, put it into a little bit of context and let us know how and why he started a crowdfunding campaign. Right. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah, but perhaps this time now with practice, we'll be better at it. <laughs> so, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So um, yeah, so we founded, we founded uh, Be Good in 2008 from our kitchen. Um, I'm a beekeeper and my wife and I started making skincare products, lip balms, hand creams, things like that, as you do. Um, and then we started selling them at school fates and fairs. Everything sort of took off um, quite rapidly. And by about 2013, we had got to the stage where we were running um, events every weekend. And it was either a question of just do it properly or just give up because it was getting to that point where it was becoming so intrusive that, uh, you know, we had real, we had real jobs, real lives. Um, so uh, we took the plunge. I got some money together. And we found it be good properly in 2013. We got a listing with Waitrose in 2014, so quite rapidly. Um, we were very lucky in that sense, and, and we had some great people on board that helped us get there. And um, we've been with Waitrose now for well, nearly, nearly five years, five years actually, more than five years. And we are now with Waitrose International in the Middle East and um, other parts of the world. Um, and we're also online, obviously, through our own website. And we sell through Amazon, uh, both in this country and across Europe. Um, and we're starting to, to look at our overseas journey, which is why we did the CrowdCube fundraise. So the CrowdCube fundraise is very much about how do we raise money for international expansion? That's what it's all about. To explore, to explore how to get yourself out and into, into the international market. Yes. Yeah, so we, it's very important to realise we were a mature business. We weren't uh, a startup. Um, so we've been going, you know, for, well, we've been going now nearly ten years. Yeah. So we had a track record. Um, yeah. It's very important because um, there are sort of two two groups of people on CrowdCube or those sorts of fundraising websites, um, and it's important to realise that CrowdCube is a professional fundraising website for companies. It's not like Indiegogo or, or Kickstarter, which is just anybody's got an idea. This is very much raising money um, with investors, with shareholders, uh, down that route. So Yeah, so this was the platform that, that you guys chose to use, it, it, it sort of was CrowdCube. Yeah, because we had a product and we had a, you know, we had a, a, a viable business and it wasn't just an idea of, you know, we've created this new widget. We want to, we want people to fund our new widget, which may or may not turn into a business. This is very different. So this is a full blown business that requires additional capital to expand. And so you go into a completely different mentality. So um, it's not for the faint hearted because you will spend months on this almost full time you know forget your normal day-to-day -day business unless you've got somebody on to take that over for you you can't do both you really can't do both at the same time there's just too much on yeah so it's like a full it's a full-time role and when we when we were discussing this earlier um i think you were we were talking about uh trying to decide uh which platform to use for crowdfunding yeah. um and you talked about the fact that you spoke to both crowdcube and um Cedars. I can say it right this time. Uh, Cedars. And you actually 
talk to them about what they could offer. So, so you made the decision on who to use based on talking to both of them and finding out what they, how they would support you, how much they would charge. Uh, and you maybe played them off a little bit, we were saying, and got a good, good deal between the two. Absolutely. We played both off against each other because it became very apparent very quickly, you know, even the initial conversations, that they wanted us to be on their platform. Um, and subsequently we found out it was because we were a mature business, it's because we were profitable, it's because we had a story to tell, and that's the most important thing. We had a story. Um, and so it, it, it very quickly pivoted round. It wasn't you know, us going, oh, please, can you list us? It was them going, we really want you to list on our platform. And so now we're going round and going, okay, what deal are you going to do us? Mm. And that's when you start to horse trading. You know, what, what are your charges? Because don't forget, they make money out of this system. Mm. So their, their, their whole existence is about raising funds that they can then claim commission on. Yeah. The more they raise, the more commission they get, but they're only willing to work with companies that they feel can, can go through to a conclusion. Mm. And when we, when we sort of were, were talking in our failed attempt earlier on, you said that they were very interested in you because of three main reasons. And one was because you were established. You were through that phase of, are we going to make it? Are we not going to make it? Those first initial years. Yes. Yeah, so, so they are typically looking for businesses who've been around for sort of three, four, five years and have got off that initial um, startup phase and are making money and have a presence, you know? So the nice thing about us, even though obviously we're raising money online, in theory, anybody could go into a Waitrose store and they would see the product on the shelf and they would go, oh yeah, they're real, you know, and you could pick it up and you could buy it and you could take it home and try it. So that was very important in the sense that they didn't necessarily have to sort of, uh, uh, you know, guess or make a big intellectual leap. It was just, well, I can go into a Waitrose and go and have a look at it and it's there. Okay, that's fine. Tick, real business. Mm. Uh, because don't forget, these are investors and they're looking for a return. So they're going to put some money into your business on the hope that they're going to get money out. Now, not everybody's like that because some people, particularly in our line of business, you know, where we're, we're very much about um, looking after the environment and, and things like that. Some people were just investing because we were nice people looking after the environment and looking mm. after beekeepers and bees and things like that. But you can't go into, into a crowdfund raise with that sort of mentality. It has to be very, very, very business focused. Mm. You know, yeah absolutely raising money you are going to take that person's 10 pounds and turn it back into 20 or whatever it's going to be somewhere down the line um, yeah so yeah. you had kind of a, a little bit of power and a little bit of control over who you chose to work with from a platform point of view because you ticked those sort of three boxes of you were established and passed the startup phase therefore proven to some extent you're visible, people can go out and buy your products and see them. And I think also you were profitable, you're profitable. Yeah. Um, and you could prove that to Crowdcube or to whoever you used. And that's also obviously a really powerful reason for them want to want to work with you as your crowdfunding partner. Yes, because don't forget this Crowdcube thing isn't just based in the UK. In theory, they throw it up into the entire world and, and it worked. I mean, we got investors all over the place, but we'll talk about that later. So you've got to have that sort of universality of, of being, being attractive to your key audience. Um, the other critical thing that most people don't realize is you have to have 40% of the funds, in effect, in the bank before you start. Because if you think that you can start on zero and people will just keep putting money in, think again, it's not going to work like that. You have to have 40% of the funds in your back pocket, as it were, from your existing investors, or possibly from your existing customer base, because you mm. could potentially go to them in advance. Although there are very strict rules about that, but, mm. but you could do it. And then once you've got that money in a sort of separate bank account, you can start to feed it into the Crowdcube raise over the initial period so that psychologically people think, wow, they're doing really well. I'll invest in that business. But that's really important because it's all about crowd mentality. It's, that, it's, it's something that you would never uh that, that you would never think of unless and this is why it's so amazing to interview founders who've done things like this that is something that you wouldn't think of so what you're saying is that the the crowd mentality of crowdfunding this is why it's called that means that people are the while excitement is really out there and it's really 
happening people are much more likely to invest their money because they see other people investing their money so you get yes. that momentum absolutely so people want to invest 100k you need about 40k ready to initially feed in to get that momentum going yeah it's a bit like a you know pushing a flywheel uh, you know turning a flywheel or pushing pushing a snowball you know you've got to basically make it start to roll itself yeah. start by feeding that money in and then people go wow you know they're doing really well um and you'd be surprised how well that works. I mean, we hit our target within six days, seven days, wow. eight, half days, yeah. Which is which is incredible. And I asked this late in last week in, in in our previous attempt at recording this, but I'm going to ask it right at the beginning this time. What what was your sort of commitment to raise, and and, and what did you achieve in the end, then, Simon? So we we just wanted to raise an initial amount of uh, 100k because we didn't really know what was you know we've never done this before. Um, and it's really important <clears throat> that you go into this this mindset of we will succeed because you cannot fail on this thing uh, otherwise you get nothing mm -hmm. and of course those people have pledged the original amount of money if they don't see the thing succeeding aren't going to give you the 40,000 anyway so don't do this to patch up your business if your business isn't sound you will be found out before you start so we went in for a hundred thousand and we raised um, 260 mm -hmm. so 2.6 times what we thought mm, that's uh, incredible so that's great yeah so we raised two 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 and a half times what we thought we were going to get um, mm. and you raised the point earlier about the fact that when you go for these things exactly what you were just saying you're not going to raise that money because without it your business doesn't exist and will fail you're, you're doing it because actually you can do without the money you can continue doing what you're doing and you're doing very well and you're profitable but you want to expand uh, and this money will help you to achieve that faster um, so it's like you say it's not patching your business it's building it's building that yeah. business outwards yeah. it's not absolutely crowdcube will go through a whole process of due diligence about your business they will go through your accounts the fine tooth comb they will go through your article association they will go through any shareholder agreements they will go through every single legal document and company house filing and everything to, to basically prove to themselves and their investors we don't forget crowdcube have a a um a due diligence process in in front of their own investors they have to front to the investors this is a good company to invest in so they will go through everything you know with a fine tooth comb mm. um, and they'll query everything and check everything and if you say for example like we did oh we've been in waitress since 2014 they'll say prove it show me the contract i want to see you know, Show us a copy of the contract. Any claim you make, you know, our sales have gone up this amount this year. Prove it. Show me your website results. Show me your your accounts. Show me your sales increase. You said it went up 90% year on year. Show me, you know. Yeah, so, so this is super, I mean, this is, uh, this is super professional stuff. This is, this, you know, this is working with real, uh, investors yeah. uh, through a platform which supports real investors yeah. and as such they work similar to to banks is what we were saying isn't it they have certain legal processes and due diligence that they have to carry out on you as a company but also on people who are offering to invest in you they do a, a similar due diligence back the other way yeah, so they do it on two sides both you are the business and the investors themselves and both have to pass before the money can flow so it's yeah. very important. I mean, you, you basically, you're standing there naked, in effect, with your business going, here I am, you know. Warts and all. Exactly, warts and all. <laughs> warts, you know. Um, and, and that's, yeah, so it's really important that you have to be prepared to do that. Yeah. So we spent the best part of six months in preparation before we got even near doing this because we had to make sure that all the company's house filings were correct. We had to make sure that all the accounts were up to date any anomalies we had to go through and work out what they were there for and, and and go back and prove why it was that and not what it was supposed to be and that's an interesting point because i think um you, you kind of think oh yeah we're going to do a, a sort of a crowdfunding campaign but what we're saying is actually your crowdfunding campaign doesn't start with the day that you kind of uh, put it out there that you're crowdfunding you need to kind of reverse engineer that at least six months back um, Firstly, to find the platform that you want to use, 
Secondly, to do all their due diligence. Yes. Um, and for a third reason, to prepare your own sort of marketing as far as how you're going to get that crowdfunding out there as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we spent an enormous amount of effort on the marketing. And, and there were different groups. So we marketed to our existing customer base and we marketed to our existing email base, which, of course, is not the same thing. There are people on the email base who have already bought yeah. and they're just interested in you because you're beekeepers or whatever it might be. Um, so those, those, those two segments. Then you've got the Crowdcube investor. Now, don't forget, Crowdcube gathers investors globally. So I think, off the top of my head, it's 300,000 or maybe even 500,000 individuals that are registered on the Crowdcube platform as being investors. So you need to produce a pitch for those people that Crowdcube will do on your behalf. You've also got to then pitch to uh, the social media audience, which may never have heard of you before. And then you've got to pitch to the people coming, just tripping over you, as it were, through Crowdcube that may or may not want to put money into you. So you've got to segment your audience and come up with a different, um, not the same, not the different messages, but, but appropriate messages mm. appropriately for those groups. And some yeah. may be international even, so, so it'll be a slightly different spin. You also need to make sure that every second day you have, in that 30-day period, every second day you've got something to say something positive that you've lined up before. So we crossed over our year end. So we basically said, oh, we've done this much over this year than we did over last year. And Crowdcube go prove it. So you've got to put all the stuff online and that's your show. Um, you, you, and if everything, any statement you make on that platform during that process has to be proved and you've yeah. got to back the evidence up. So Crowdcube will ask you to see whatever it is, your sales figures before they'll make that, that uh, marketing statement live or that or that little yeah. thing and that's on their platform so you're marketing now on the crowdcube platform to people who have already invested because some people come online and just put the money in and you'll be marketing to people who are followers and those are people who are sort of interested in what you're doing but are not prepared to put the money in just yet Mm. Um, they're the mm. ones that sort of they're war, your warm leads in effect mm. and, uh, mm. so we had about 800 of those okay and we so had crowdfunding typically runs your campaign typically runs for 30 days you go live on day one and then you have 30 days on that platform and so that's the intense marketing period um and i think what you were saying is you spent a lot of time before that saying okay we've got this 30-day window plus a little bit either side and we need to be putting out marketing content with a positive message every two days yes. throughout that period um and that was planned but before you even launched you know you had you knew what was going out on what date before you even started and that was going out internally within the the crowd cube kind of marketing process but also going out within your own email marketing group and your own social media channels yes, absolutely but obviously what's what what you have to to do is as circumstances change you then might put in a different spin because something came in you know so we won a big uh, we won an award so that came in you know at that particular time and knocked out the previous message that was planned or you know we we uh we went over a month end and so on that month we were actually 90 percent up on the previous on, on the same months the previous year so we made a thing about that so it's not completely rigid but but you have to have something to say yeah you need to you need to be focused and pre-planned but then you need to to be able to add in the excitement that happens as a result of things that are happening live during that crowdfunding time exactly, and that's what you were particularly good at that i could see i mean i i saw you doing a lot on linkedin where um there were obvious updates which were entirely live it was about the success of how quickly you'd raised money it was about the fact that you'd raised what you wanted so now these were the, the other goals that you were going for uh, and there was always this excitement and this momentum and you always you always knew something was happening with you you never let it go quiet basically <laughs> yeah it is it, it, this is why it's a full-time campaign because you can't you know i was up at three in the morning <laughs> You know, just answering. Because don't forget, it's a two-way street. So those eight hundred odd followers—we're well, not all of them, but quite a number of them—will ask questions. Yeah. 
And it might not just be something you go, oh, yeah, it's like this. They'll ask detailed questions. In 2017, you, you're, in your financial results, you put this number. Why did you put that number? And you're like, I don't bloody know. <laughs> Yeah, and that's coming through on, on the on the crowdfunding portal. So they can ask you, people who are potentially interested can come through the portal and can ask you questions direct. That's, that's visible. To respond yeah. to. And that's visible to every follower. Right, so, yes. You're a follower. You asked me a complicated financial question from 2017. That question appears in the sort of flow of questions that everybody can see and they get notified that there's a new question right so now 800 people are going oh yeah i wonder what he did in 2017 yeah, I would ask that as well. uh, yeah. so you better be bloody sure that you can actually answer those questions and and have everybody lined up so you can go back to your accountant and go do not go on holiday yeah yeah okay it's kind of like a bit of a dragon's den thing isn't it in that you have to be prepared to answer some very uh, uh, you know, they could be really serious accounts questions. Well, like you say, you need your accountant to produce those answers for you because it's not something that's your that's your cup of tea, really. Yeah. And I guess the speed you need to be on it because you need to be looking like you're answering those questions quickly, and that yeah. you're not digging around in the background trying to find information, or you're not bothering to answer. Yeah, and that can be a global audience, so of course their time zone is different from yours, so you've just got to be on it all the time. It's, Hence the 3 a.m. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely, it was a complete grind, you know, it was just by the end of the 30 days, I just wanted to lie down in the dark room for a week. But, but Yeah, yeah, which is what I did after our first video failed. I curled, curled, curled up under my desk and shed a few tears. Um, but that's uh, but that's so that's very you know that's really really interesting. And a lot of the questions that we got in around this topic were on um, the marketing side of things. Um, so let's just look at that in a little bit more detail. So within the crowdfunding platform, yep. people can come on um, and they can read your blurb. Uh, and they can just hit um, uh, the, the, the button that allows them to pledge something, or they can hit a button which says, yeah, I think I might be interested in this. Yeah. So you're then able, and all that data is stored by Crowdcube, and you can then design uh, sort of information and content that can go to both of those groups. Yes. Presented in a slightly different manner internally within Crowdcube. Yeah, but it's okay. got to be it's got to be pre-vetted by Crowdcube. So don't expect it to go immediately because Crowdcube will need to check. So if you if you make a claim in any of those emails, you've got to prove it. So you've got to be to write emails potentially that you don't have to prove. <laughs> yeah. Or or you've already got your proof built into the email. You know, see this yeah. web page, see that thing there. You know, um, so because otherwise that that creates another delay of maybe twenty four hours while Crowdcube are basically validating what you've just said. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things were, that we came through was that um, obviously just because uh, so you've got this group of people who are thinking about it, so you're delivering great positive messages and you're persuading them there. Um, and then you've got this other group who said, yeah, actually, I, I, you know, I'm going to pledge. But you raised a really good point earlier. And you said that at, that at that point, they've said they'll pledge, but the money isn't collected from them until the end of the 30 days. Yes. So there's still a chance for them to not pledge, but there's also a chance for them to put in more money. So, the, so that marketing to that little segment within Crowdcube is really important. Yes, so we had quite a few investors who put in two or three times their original amount. So they might have started in putting £100, and they put another £100, and they went, I'll put another £100 in. I had people going, well, I, I put money, my, my money in, and I've just persuaded my sister, she's going to put some money in too, or my friend's going to put some money in because we like what you're doing, and I've been talking to my group in the WI, and we're all, you know, it would, it would all be that so the critical thing is you've also got to have a video um don't forget that that one of the big selling points on the crowdcube page is your video and that's essential and every every brand on there has to have one absolutely it's, it is it is it is absolutely uh, uh critical i don't think you can actually go on the crowdcube platform without one i don't mm. think but anyway yeah you've got to have a video and that video needs to be produced by people who know what they're doing because this is not an average sort of look at me, I'm a beekeeper video or look at uh, how much money we're making video. This is give me your money video. It's almost like, you know, uh, uh, 
back in the day, Bob Geldof going, give me yeah. your money. You know, it's, it's a bit like that. So we were talking to Crowdcube and they recommended a list of video producers. We went with one that had apparently raised something like 20 million in Crowdcube funds over quite a period of years. Mm-hmm. And they, those three guys knew exactly what they were doing you know mm-hmm. so we well, felt they the formula they know the formula that works for yeah, these- they wrote the script they literally wrote the script for us so we went through two or three iterations of the script where we we asserted all of our credibility and our beekeeping stats and all this sort of stuff and the company stats and they wrote the script for us mm-hmm. where we would insert you know we we this is our we did this in this year and we did that in that year and this we're profitable this it's way fact yeah <laughs> which they then um, put into little animations and they overlaid on top of the videos. So, um, you know, they videoed us in the April with the bees and everything else like that. It was great with the bees sitting and everything. Um, but underneath it was a hard set of numbers. And in fact, they were very professional. They turned up with a teleprompter. So when I was looking at the camera, underneath the camera was a screen with my own words and I could just read my own words. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> Yeah. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah, so the video is very important. But the other critical thing is we then went back to them, uh, the video people afterwards, and they re-edited the video so we could then use it on our corporate website as a standard corporate video. You know, because it was a lovely, well-produced 4K video that we'd spent a lot of money on. So why not repurpose it and take that content and reuse it elsewhere? So we took out, you know, more of the, the sort of more... And, uh, the more detailed stuff and just made a standard they edited out of it a standard corporate video yeah which is which is brilliant because it just means that any money that you're investing yourself in in the campaign you're able to to, to reuse and uh, and repurpose that as well yeah because don't forget um, you've got to have a budget before you even start this process of, and we had a budget of around about fifteen thousand. right okay which we and, and that includes all essentially having the video made, um, marketing. Does that include the uh, the cut that's Crowdcube or your, or your relevant platform? Yeah, that was very cheap. The, the, the video cut, the, the extra video was like 180 quid for them to edit the video down into, into a sort of sanitized version that we could use okay. elsewhere. But the main expense was the video. It was preparation. It was... Um, so unusually we were told that um that facebook isn't really suitable for this type of platform you know for fundraising Mm. Um, we ignored that (laughs) and put money into crowd into into fundraising or promoting our crowdcube fundraise through facebook and that worked really well so we, we got about a eight to one return on that which is phenomenal and that was through a Facebook, through Facebook ads, putting some money and budget behind Facebook ads, which were promoting your crowdfunding. Yeah, which is quite unusual, because obviously normally you would use Facebook for your ads and, and mm-hmm. promoting you, the business, and this particular product or this particular campaign. Mm-hmm. But we did it for fundraising, and uh, it was surprisingly successful. Mm. Of course, the other key thing is we can track those people who are looking at our page and match them against the ones that are either in the investor list or the following list. Yes, I was about to say that if you're using Facebook, then you can use all their pixel tracking stuff, which goes a little beyond my expertise. But it does mean that you can you can look at who who's doing what and potentially retarget them and contact them and things. So yeah. it's, that's 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 interesting, and it's also just really interesting to know that to be able to track and say Facebook generated this much of a you know of a, of a return and got us this much worth of investment uh, yeah i think it's the only reason we got that i think was because we had an interesting story to tell which comes back to you've got to have you've got to be different yeah. why why should i give you my hundred pounds what's different because these people will go onto crowdcube and they may look at half a dozen different videos or half a dozen different pitches for half a dozen different businesses mm-hmm. what makes you stand out amongst all the breweries and the computer people and people doing this that and the other what makes you stand out why should i give you my hundred pounds mm-hmm. either i'm going to get i'm giving you a hundred pounds because i like you and I think you're doing really good stuff with bees, or I'm going to give you my hundred pounds because you're going to give an investment back mm. or both. Hopefully both. Yeah, there's like two different motivations, isn't, isn't there? Or three, there's either you're going to make me some money and I think you're going to make me some money. I really support and I uh, and ethically agree with what you do as a business. And then there's the people who respond to, to both of those. Yes. And I guess part of that, <clears throat> we were talking about that 
six month sort of lead time up to that launch and, and, and the preparation, the huge amount of preparation that you went through to, to get to that point. And um, I mean, we listed, uh, uh, I think you listed one, two, three, four, five, uh, six different things earlier. And I think the first one that you mentioned was the fact that you need to have your story. You need to really know, you know, what makes you different and, and, and how to tell that story. Yes, that's really important. And of course, we had it backed up with the fact that we've got five years worth of blogs and videos and press and all that sort of stuff. And the other thing is you've got to get your, if you do have a PR team, get them on board very early on so they know what's going on and how to then push what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, because and, we're, and that's really interesting because one of the things that you, that, that you say is good about the, where you were when you went crowdfunding was this fact that you were established, that there was a, a, a period of time that you'd been out there and you'd gone through that startup phase so that you were, you know, you were a, a good bet for people when it came to investing. But also, as part of those years that you've built your business, there's so much information out there about you and that you've generated through your amazing blogs. And you've always been a really visible, uh, a visible sort of founder, Simon. You're always there. We know we've all seen you in your beef, your beef kits and you know, you regularly blog and you're, you're always putting out interesting content, useful content and story led content. And that's incredibly useful when you come to crowdfunding because people obviously go and look at you, they go and research you. If they're interested in investing, they go and have a look at where, what you've done and where you've been and the type of content that you've created. Yes. And that all adds to that story element, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So they go through all the things that you've ever done and, and, and realize that because it's dated back to 2014 or whatever, that maybe you know, you've got some sort of solidity there. Mm. Um, and mean, the other really fascinating thing was once we, once we started launching on Crowdcube, we had a completely different sort of uh, um, PR audience. And that was the people, financial people, interested in companies raising money on Crowdcube. <laughs> you know, because, because we were raising money on Crowdcube, we had a whole different audience of people coming to us going, oh, here's a company raising money on Crowdcube and they're beekeepers. Well, that's kind of interesting. You know, so we had the beekeeping group looking at us raising money as beekeepers and the financial group going, Oh, there's people raising money on Crowdcube, you know. Happen to be and I guess maybe investors who are looking to uh, get involved in the beauty industry as well. So you kind of reach a whole, like lots of different, lots of different audiences, I guess. Yeah, I mean, one of my uh, directors um, is, is quite a force in the payments industry. And he simply strong-armed all the CEOs of all the big payment companies and went, come on, put money in Be Good, put money in Be Good. And literally went around and strong-armed them all for five grand. He just went, come on, you can afford 5,000, you know, mm -hmm. so going to the... I don't know, the chief executive of MasterCard or people like that, people who are you know, extremely wealthy. And it just literally, he badgered them to the point where they gave him money just to make him go away. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think you, ha you, just, you, you know, if you're going to put yourself out there to raise money, then you have to, you know, you have to put yourself out there to raise money. It's the same whether you crowdfund or whether you go for investment rounds, you have got to knock on doors. That's, yeah. part, that's part of the hard work, I think. And the other thing that's critical for Crowdcube and those, those crowdfunding things is it's all or nothing. This is really important. If you don't hit your target, you get nothing. Right. <laughs> nothing. <Okay. laughs> <laughs> so you really have got to, yeah, it is all or nothing. You really yeah. have. If you don't hit 100% within 30 days, all the pledges just become pledges. It doesn't become money. That they, they just it all goes away. Okay. Okay. So this is why, and, and this goes back again to what you were saying um, earlier on. In that this is a full time job. When you decide to crowdfund, you dedicate you dedicate your life to it because you have to hit that total, and yes. you have to do everything in your power to hit that total. Yes. Yeah, so do not go for stupid amounts of money. Number one, Crowdcube won't even let you on the platform and they'll think yeah. you're just it. And number two It needs to be achievable. You need to be able to, you know, get get you need to get some get get that. Yeah. But some is you have to have forty percent already. Yeah. Yeah. So the bigger you go for the more forty percent you have to have. So, you know, if you yeah. think you're gonna raise you know, a million pounds, good luck. But you're gonna need four hundred thousand to start with, you know? So very much like yeah, that. that definitely makes it yeah yeah yeah, yeah don't, don't forget it. we talked about this it's very important again this is these are pledges they're not real cash until the end of the scheme so you have to support your pledges 
all the way through the process until they actually give you their money. Yeah. Okay, and that is really important because there's no, there's no reason for them to give you their cash if you sort of stop being nice to them midway through because you think you've got their money. No, you haven't. You, you only get their money at the end of the process. And don't forget, those individual investors have to pass the, the, the KYC, the Know Your Customer rules, the financial rules and regulations around investment. Yeah, so this is the due diligence that the CrowdCube or crowdfunding platform will do that protects you, as in it, it will only take money from you know, genuine investors yeah, so who pass certain tests in line with bank legislations and laws. Yes, so large amounts of money coming from Colombia will probably be rather frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good point. Uh, so yes, that exists to protect you as a brand, the same way that they do the due diligence on you as a brand to protect the investors. Yeah, so it's uh, not uh, things like money laundering and stuff like that. But I mean, you, we're talking about relatively small sums of money in some cases, but don't forget, we had people lumping in £20,000. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, and that it, you know, that's serious at that point. Yeah, that that's that's pretty that's pretty incredible. Um, so having your story and 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 visibly having told your story for for a time and, and to know your story really well is it, it, part of that preparation. You mentioned it earlier. You've got to have your accounts, your finances, your your legals, your documentations, your affiliations, anything like that. You need to have that absolutely checked and available to hand over for the due diligence. And also tell your retailers what you're doing. Oh, okay. Because they can they can help you raise money. So if you could get a promotion going with your retailers at the same time you're doing crowdfunding, even better because then. There's more and more, you know, reach. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We, yeah, we didn't mention that earlier. Well, we're on a real roll now. Um, and let me just think where we were going, where we what, where we want to go next. So let's talk about the marketing because a lot of the questions that came in were around the marketing. So that one of the first questions was about. Um, how did you build your own email list in advance of your campaign? Um, and I think we've hinted already that obviously you've got a good number of years worth of, of sort of being a brand, which has helped you to build your own email list. Yeah. Um, but you were also using customers from the back of your website and details like that. Yeah, so we've got, like most businesses, we have in effect two mailing lists. We have we have the existing customer base that are actually bought from us, and we have people who are interested in us, you know, the followers. Um, and so we segment them um, and decide which messages we're going to send to them in terms of how we approach them. Mm -hmm. We can approach them beforehand, uh, subject to, to Crowdcube's okay, with a sort of wind-up promotion. You know, we're going to go crowdfunding. We'd love you to become an investor do this do that and um, you know uh, and the other critical thing is we offered various rewards to different level of investors like little teasers so okay. if we invested a thousand pounds we would send you some gift packs that you could then give out to your friends and those by the way will contain referrals so we can help them generate more for us if you put in a fair chunk of money i think it was more than five thousand um was it five or ten thousand i can't remember now um but we would basically take you out come and see the bees we'd give you uh, a year's worth of honey and we'd also give you um a cream tea so you'd come down for the day see the bees have a nice experience that money can't buy and then we'd give you a nice cream tea in a, in a nearby posh hotel yeah. that that so you're, nice. you're 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 providing um sort of added added benefits that yeah they can't buy anywhere else exactly. do. yeah you want to take somebody who's thinking about investing a thousand pounds and get them to invest 1500 because yeah. they, they go over to the next level of goodies you know oh if i if i invest an extra 500 pounds i'll get this i'll put the extra 500 pounds in you know yeah and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those selling on your website or offering free or offering free delivery over a certain price, isn't it? It's just like same oh, game. a bit further. The same game. You just want to tip them over the edge and upsell them in effect. But don't forget, once they are your shareholder, they are your brand ambassador. Mm. 
So if you've got somebody willing to spend £5,000 in investing in your business, you hang on to those people with both hands and you'd be very, very nice to them because I bet you they will know lots of other people who've got £5,000 to invest. Yeah. So the next time you go to Crowdcube or the next time you want to do a fundraise, that £5,000 start networking all over the, you know, all over the place to, yeah. to get more money. So, yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And I guess um, Crowdcube, or the, or the relevant platforms will, will always retain uh, data on your crowdfund. So should you decide to do a second round of crowdfunding at a later date and you return to the same platform, the interest that was there originally in you is, is still stored there. So you can begin to network back into that. Plus you've got your new however many investors who by that time will have seen uh, returns on their investment and see how much more business you've, how much your business has grown and they will be shouting to their friends about, they're doing it again, they're raising again, you can get in now. Yes, because you've now suddenly, we've now got um, 800 followers and uh, a a group of around 480 actual investors so i've got now got 480 new brand ambassadors mm. that want to promote my business for their own selfish reasons because if they promote my business they get in effect to get a dividend and they are global they are everywhere i've got i've got investors in peru japan the philippines indonesia canada all over the world and yeah. and i can reach out and touch those people so if at some bizarre reason I wake up in the middle of the night going, let's go and take Be Good into Peru, I can mail my Peru contacts and go, what's the Peruvian market for B-based skincare? And, yeah. you know, they'll tell me. Then they'll say, well, Simon, it's actually, don't bother, or, yeah, it's really hot. Yeah, you should sell your product over here. And, and so, yeah. you know, that's the network. Yeah, you're accessing... Uh, you're increasing your own network and accessing uh, sort of expertise in different places that perhaps you wouldn't normally be able to to access. And even if it's when we spoke earlier, you know, you were talking about Germany. Even if it's just sort of saying, "Hey, look, you know, what retailers or distributors should I be working with in Germany?" Yes, who do you buy from? This is what I've done. I've gone out to those people and said, "I know you buy direct from Beacon, and that's really nice of you. But if you were to go to a shop, which shop would you expect to see us in?" And it's just great to do a little survey and see what they think. Yeah. Because we've got the funding. The other thing is, is uh, I forgot to mention, when you know, when you, when you go into this process, have a very good idea of what you're going to do with the money. I know it sounds stupid, but so you go, because people will say to you, well, what are you going to do with the money? Well, you better have yeah. a damn good answer. <laughs> not, yeah. not, well, actually, I'm going to blow it all on, on parties. You know, no, yeah. I'm going to invest it here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. The other critical thing is don't just think about what you're going to raise, but think about what you're going to do with the money if you raise more than that. Because instantly, as soon as you go over the initial threshold of 100%, the next question people say is, well, now you're raising 150 or 200 or whatever it is, what are you going to do extra? And so have you in your mind a pre-plan of, so this is what we did. We had a spreadsheet and we listed out we sort of listed out in, 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 in 50,000 pound lumps after up to half a million, which was ridiculous, what we would do with the money. And more importantly, and this is critical, what the dilution would be on the existing shareholder base. Because don't forget, these new shareholders are buying shares in your business and therefore the existing shareholder base will get diluted. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they will probably not let you go more than say 20% in, in your share base. So if your share base is a hundred thousand pounds or whatever it is, you know, you cannot raise beyond that. So you can only raise in effect 20% of your equity yeah. to cube users. Yeah. That's yeah. a really important point because if you try and do more than that, two things could happen. One is your business starts to become unstable because you've got all these, these potentially those investors, through Crowdcube now own a substantial part of your business and can then start to tell you what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. What you want to do. So whilst, uh, so, so the important thing is this, when you do the fundraise, there are two groups of, of, of shareholders on the Crowdcube platform. Typically um, you can either class them all as the same, or you can class them as A's and B's. A shareholders are typically people putting in large amounts of money. In our case, I think it was f- uh, four or 5,000 pounds each 
if you put in four or five thousand pounds or more you became an a shareholder that meant you had voting rights and you were probably a sophisticated investor what they call sophisticated investor so you could manage your own account fine so you have your vote and your account if you invest less than that you become a b-class shareholder you fall into the whole crowd cube that's the wrong word bucket but the, the whole crowd cube group and you get managed as one shareholder in effect to us so mm-hmm. let Crowdcube become a shareholder representing all with, with a nominee account all those small investors. Yeah. Hundreds of small investors. So the hundreds of small investors can still approach you individually and will still expect a reply, but politically, as it were, they don't have that much power. Yeah. Um, and again, it's very important when you when you raise these funds that you make sure you don't lose power in terms of your your ability to run the business the way you want to run it. And when you are sort of in the uh, sort of talks with the crowdfunding platform that you decide to use, these are the sorts of things that you can be asking about and they should be talking to you about how, how you wish to manage these sorts of things, I guess. Yes, they'll, they'll go, be prepared to be asked lots of questions about your shareholding and equity value and dilution and all these sorts of questions that you need to have a... Learning curve, it sounds like to me. Yes, because you need to understand about company law and company structure. And we were very lucky. So we're a member of the Federation of Small Businesses. And we were able to basically tap up their lawyers for free just by making a phone call. Oh, that's a good tip. And then, yeah, and then getting put through to a company lawyer, uh, sorry, a company law specialist mm. who would then say, oh, well, under whatever it was of the Companies Act, you need to do this or you need to do the other. Crowdcube yeah. will help to a certain point. Yeah. But you need to stand on your own feet too. There's a responsi- you have a responsibility to have an understanding of yeah. Uh, but that's, that's a good tip. So that's the Small Business Federation. Yeah, Federation of Small Businesses, the FSB. Mm. Uh, it's a few hundred pounds, but you get free legal advice and it's very useful. because and for can... something like this, it would easily pay itself back quite quickly, I, I oh, would imagine. You could spend thousands on lawyers. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's the other thing you need to do. Is you need to prepare, you need to make sure your shareholders, your existing shareholders are happy in what you're doing mm-hmm. and, and, are, and, are, and are willing to support it. Because if your existing shareholders aren't willing to support it, you're going to have a real fight on your hands to get mm. it through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was one other thing that we were talking about, um, which which sort of falls into this sort of area as well. Um, there is a, um, a sort of a scheme which is called EIS, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is actually a great marketing tool because it allows people who invest in you to, to get a certain amount of uh, a tax rebate against the amount that they've invested in you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also important because that gives you credibility. So basically, EIS is a scheme run by the HMRC, by run, running by the government. Um, and you apply to register for EIS. If you're a very small business, a startup, it's something called SEIS, which is startup. Um, but typically, you won't do that because if you're, if you're that small, you really shouldn't be crowdfunding. Mm. But EIS is very important. So you register to HMRC for EIS they will check you internally. Mm-hmm. They will check you through VAT, through various other processes, companies, house, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure that they think you're a valid person to put money into because there previously have been some dodgy schemes that people have tried to, to run through AIS. So there, again, is an internal due diligence process going on within, within HMRC. Very quickly, within a matter of weeks, they'll give you your EIS certificate. You then present that to Crowdcube, and that means then that officially any investor, any British investor putting money into your business can claim back, um, basically won't pay any any tax on any dividends that you produce because you're successful. Mm. You won't have to pay capital gains tax. And if you do fail, they'll be able to claim back some of their investment um, back against their personal tax bill. So it works both. I was going to say it's like a double whammy because the fact that you are have registered with the EIS scheme means that the HMRC have vetted you, which means that you are worth putting forward for the scheme. So you get that kind of benefit uh, that you can use to kind of market it as a marketing tech deploy in there. But also you are able to give certain guarantees through EIS to, to investors, which again makes an investment much more attractive. Yeah, most serious investors are not going to touch you if you're not EIS. That's simply why. Why would I bother? Because I've got no protection. No protection. And and I've got to pay tax on dividends. So you know, yeah. what on earth would I? Why would I do that? You know. Yeah. So it's a, it's a part of the essential pre-planning 
six months kit then simon isn't it yes. that, that, that that's got to be part of um a part of, of what of what you're doing yeah absolutely um and, and yeah and all your marketing and gear all your you know your, your business has to be clean in terms of your shareholding base and 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 all that sort of stuff it's very easy over time in the initial years to sort of forget about those sorts of things um and then they come back and bite you on the bum when you go back for due diligence and they go what about this and yeah. you can sort all that out before you could even present yourself on crowdcube yeah 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 there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of planning and and, and sort of thought that go that, that's gone into it but i think it shows that with that thought and planning you can have the sort of successes that that, that you've had yeah um, so we use we use email marketing uh we've used the marketing email marketing and updates that are available within the crowd uh cube uh, platform we've used our own email marketing and i think you also use uh linkedin yeah. You do Facebook advertising and also Facebook on yeah. your page. Yeah, so LinkedIn was very much about the business. You know, what is the business doing? Facebook is very much about come and invest in the bees. So they're very different audiences. Mm. Also, because we hit our initial target in seven days, that itself became a story. Yeah. Look how successful we are. We've raised our money in seven days. So yeah, which was a story which I got hold, which made me recognise you were doing it. It was actually that it was a post that I saw which said you'd hit it within the six days. And I was like, Oh, I didn't realise. And I was like, Wow. Yeah. Um, and that was on LinkedIn that I spotted that. Yeah, so we basically posted almost every day because it was hitting at such a rate, it was going up at such a rate. You know, it was like first day, I can't remember what it was now, sixty percent. Second day, 70%, you know, day four, 85%, you know, um, and there are, there are peaks and troughs depending on the days of the week as well. That's the other interesting thing. You see investments coming in at weekends and sometimes on weekdays, uh, again, public holidays, things like that. So uh, you do see things in a strange way, but as soon as you hit that target, you basically, you've succeeded because you're going to get that money, hopefully. Um, but also, it's another, it's another means of using marketing to say, look how successful we are. Wow, you know, we've raised this in a week and we've got another three weeks to go. Yeah. Then it just becomes a, a moment of how hard can we, how hard can we push this? You know, yeah. How much money do you think we're actually going to end up with? Yeah. And it is about being, you know, it, it, it is about being visible, isn't it, Simon? And you are a brand who, ha who, who is very visible. You know, we, yeah. we've, said, we've said that. But it's, it's about responding. responding. Yeah, the other thing is you've got to reply to every single message that comes in from every yeah. single platform. Yeah. So you get message from LinkedIn, from Facebook, from Instagram, emails, customers, through the Crowdcube site, and you've got to respond to all of these within hours. Yeah. To, to yeah. be happy. <laughs> it's not for the faint-hearted. This is, a, this is, I mean, and we said this, didn't we? This is a real sort of very uh, professional um, and a very considered decision. If you're going to go crowdfunding and you want to make this a success and you have to because you've got to hit your target to get anything back, you know, you really have to go in. All, it's all or nothing. It's all it guns blazing. And, and it really is. A, it's going to be a good nine months, uh, sort of, you know, nine months or, or sort of your, of your life, really, I guess. The six yeah, months. and the other thing that's really important is... Um, don't forget, you're going to, this makes you professional business. You may not have been professional business to start with. By the time you've gone through all this due diligence, you will be professional, you know. You'll be knocked into shape whether you like it or not. And you come out the other side as a professional business with a proper yeah. article associations and proper shareholders and proper meetings and board meetings that have to be, you know, minuted. <laughs> and you've got to produce shareholder reports. You know, we're going to do it every quarter. And that's ongoing, you know, and that will carry on. So we are suddenly now a proper business. And we yeah. work, we're even more of a proper business because now have the shareholder base of an extra 500 users, 500 shareholders that want to know what we're doing. You know, in the past. You're, yeah, you're, account you know, you're accountable to them, aren't you? So there's all sorts yeah. of things. I mean, most small companies might have half a dozen shareholders. Mm. Suddenly you've gone from half a dozen to 500. Mm. Mm. And that's a different ball game because any of them can ask a relevant question at any time and will expect an answer. Yeah. But they won't all do that. The whole point is you manage that process by, again, managing your messaging so that you message out to the special group of users who are your investors, look how well we're doing. And they get stuff that the rest of the general public doesn't see. Yes. 
Yeah. So once they've invested, they're they're constantly kept up to date with with, with your successes and what you're doing and your plans for this market. Oh, by the way, we're attending this trade show in mm. America or Germany or wherever. Yeah. Yes, if you're in there. Now, that's not sort of general message you give to the public, but it's something mm. your shareholders want to know about because don't yeah. forget they are networked. Yeah, I was going to say, and that goes back to that brand advocate point doesn't it in that if they if they continually see how well you're doing they are talking to their own networks who are normally made up of a similar type of person to them um and the next time that fundraising you, you do some fundraising or crowdfunding they're they're talking to their friends about coming in as well and they want to the same action um yeah. that they have into multiple individual investor networks who themselves yeah. work to other investors yeah, so that's a really interesting point that, that you've got sort of, you've got the, 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 so actually, when you do something like crowdfunding, it, it actually never stops in that you've got your planning, you've got your campaign, and then even when you seal the deal and you get all the money in, your marketing continues to those shareholders all the time, ready for the next time that you do crowdfunding. So it puts you into just a whole different lead. Yeah, you, um, they, are, they are now your best friends. Yeah, because they yeah, want. They, if you ask them for a little bit of help, they'll give it to you. Why yeah, would yeah, yeah. And there's all sorts of skills, I guess, that some that that, 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 that that they can have also, which is you know, you're, again, you're just widening that network, which we were. Yeah, so you, 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 you go out to all the ones in Germany and go, we'd like to to have a presence yeah. in Germany. Who would you suggest we talk to? Yeah, it's it's fascinating, but it is. Yeah, it's not just a commitment for that for that time. It's actually a complete change of the way that you run your business. Yeah. Um, but it brings with it so many so many benefits with added sort of networks and expertise and things. So I think like yeah, that's a PLC. really interesting point. You know, with, with you're like a mini PLC with with umpteen hundred new shareholders that 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 want you to run the business in a certain way. Yeah, I'm quite excited by it. Obviously, I will never do anything like this. I have no need to. But it's quite exciting. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, there is a there is a, an excitement uh, sort of in that, and and what you can then go on and, and do with the sort of the the, the money. Um, so, what was the most significant thing you did? Do you think that that made your campaign so successful? If you had to nail down the, the key piece of advice, plan absolutely plan everything you know we we one of my uh, directors is uh spent 25 years in the advertising industry mm-hmm. he helped me write copy that mm-hmm. just sold you know yeah. I, uh, there's a special source that people have where they can write something that makes people really keen on something yeah. and so he wrote all our headlines for, for yeah. them he wrote about 20 headlines in advance yeah then filled in with the text and added bits and pieces and then got the picture pictures ready and everything else like that so yeah that was really important um and the other thing is just you've just got to dedicate yourself to it because you will not be able to run the business and do this at the same time you've got to have the bandwidth to say to somebody else right you just run the things day to day yeah focus on this because it would be 12 hours a day of answering queries of this that and the other things get fired at you constantly and you've got to respond with whatever intelligent answer you can think of yeah, so it's just a very in, it's it's very intense, which is made slightly easier if you are very well prepared and you've got your content marketing plan sort of pre-written and you know what you're doing, but you're ready to jump in with all those big wins just to keep the momentum and the excitement coming through. Yeah, I mean, it was really nice because you know within the first week we knew we'd hit our target, so there's a big sort of sense of relief, and then it's. Yeah. A how hard can we push this? Yeah, and then it's just like, well, let's just go for broke now because we know yeah, exactly. we've done it. So let's just go for broke. Let's just keep pushing and see what happens. Let's just be more and more outrageous and let's see what comes out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was considerably more <laughs> and yeah. you're on your side. Half times what we thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what was your biggest surprise while you did the crowdfunding? What what had you not expected that suddenly started happening? Global reach. Just the fact that there were these people coming from all over the world. Um, and the other important thing is then that there's, there's people coming in who are investing for their own reasons. And that, for example, we've had distributors investing in our business going, I've invested, whatever it was, 500 pounds, I can't remember what it was now, in your business. I'd like to be your distributor in Indonesia. Or ah. I'd like to be your distributor in Nepal. I'd like to be your distributor here, there, or whatever. You know, um, uh, uh, 
I have one guy. Uh, I, I've just invested some money into you. Will you use me for your social media? Well, <laughs> thank you, but no. <laughs> you <know>. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, you know, the guy who's a distributor in Indonesia really is a distributor in Indonesia. That's, that's one way of trying to get new business. <laughs> Interesting, because, because he just came back and said, right, I've invested in your business. Um, I think your brand will do really well in Indonesia. Come and talk to me. So now we're talking to him about, about potentially distributing in Indonesia and all the, all the processes we'd have to go through, um, which is great, but mm. completely out of left field. Mm. Mm. And not something that you'd... Uh... I don't think anybody would anticipate that that's the sort of sort of thing that would be happening through it. Yeah, so, and, and yeah. the other thing I think it was really interesting. The, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did the Make It British Live show. So we had a little booth at the Make It British Live show because um, we're obviously a British brand. And we had three or four people coming up to us going, I've invested in you, you know. Uh, and it was really nice. It was lovely. It was like, I've invested in you. And, you know, there you are, you know. Uh, sort of they shook my hand and we had a chat and a cup of tea and it was lovely you know Gave it was like that yeah. how nice to be able to because sometimes it can be a bit faceless i guess so that that is really really nice to be able to to meet some of the people who <laughs> faith in you so that is really really interesting yeah yeah that's really really interesting right so have we covered <laughs> everything that we covered earlier what was your last point when we did the recording that we lost because it was brilliant <laughs> I think the last point was the fact that you don't get the money to the end. You've got to push all the way through. Even when you get to the end, not everybody will pass due diligence. Oh, yes, that was it. <coughs> so we've got about £500 that we won't get because these people couldn't pass the, the anti-money laundering rules and regulations. Yes. Oh, and I remember something else we talked about as well. Um, you, you, were, you pointed out that... Um, you you also don't get all of the money you raise because some of that money uh, goes to pay the Crowdcube or the crowdfunding platform for hosting you. Yeah. Um, some of it goes on your marketing budget, on your video, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, um, you know, be prepared to lose 10%-ish, maybe more, to the platform in terms of commission. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever you raise is not what you get. Mm -hmm. So just be aware that when you do your planning, obviously you've negotiated up front what the deal is and you've signed on the dotted line with Crowdcube or Cedars or whoever. Um, and and we, we, we thought we drove quite a hard bargain. We were quite lucky because they wanted us. So it was us then going back to them and going, well, if you really want us, this is the sort of deal we want. Mm -hmm. You know, we want zero commission on the first X and then we'll pay some commission on the rest. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. they didn't, you know, it was quite funny because they didn't, I don't think they realised just how much money we'd raised ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. I let into a little secret. We'd actually raised almost all the 100,000 before we'd even started. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good because the result, of the, the result of that hard work you did in that planning phase resulted in, you know, two and a half times what you'd asked for. So yes, it was really nice. My directors just went out and banged the drum. Yeah on their own contacts and just went around all their friends that are, uh, uh, you know, very high wealthy individuals just going, come on, give us five grand, give us 10 grand. Yeah. Uh, if you can afford it, why don't you invest in this business? And people were just going, oh, all right, go away. Okay, here's your five yeah. grand. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about getting out there, isn't it? It yeah. is about getting out there. It is about getting out there. But I think it is, it is key, to, key to remember that some of that money is siphoned off into some of the other pots. So the actual end result is, is, is less. Yeah, um, because you, you have to pay. know that. <laughs> know that before you, you know, as you sign the contract, you know, with with the platform, you know, I'm going to raise this, and if I raise this, you're going to have that, and I'll have this, and you know, um, and so yeah. But as I say, make sure you know what you're going to do with the money beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's absolutely fabulous. Well, I don't think we did too bad for our second attempt, Simon. No, yeah, John. I think we still covered everything. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> And you can ask me any other questions, I'll respond. <laughs> I think, I think, we, I think, I think from memory, we did, we, we, we've managed to cover it, and we've certainly answered everybody's questions. So yeah. I think that's what's most, what's most important. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much for giving up even more of your time due to the technical difficulties. Um, this will forever go down in my memory as one of the toughest 
indie beauty tv episodes but one of the most worthwhile because there's so many things in there that you just wouldn't know until you've done it and and that's why sort of having these opportunities to founders like yourself is so important because it is really hard to get this experience and, and to, to sort of spot the pitfalls and uh and plan in advance so it really is such valuable information so thank you very much for giving us so yeah. much time for thank me you. yeah I and mean, i think the thing is you've just got to see it through once you're once you're involved in it you've just got to see it through come hell or high water and just keep going mm. Mm. But, you know, yeah. yeah that's fine you know be bold be bold got nothing to lose you just got to go out there and get it and win it and do it haven't you go, hard and go home as they say yeah exactly yes and then, and then spend the next few few days after it's finished uh, recovering and yeah. celebrating in your case. Book a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> good holiday. idea. But don't book it until the absolute end of the process and then go, right, I'm out of here for a week. I'm not going to see anybody. Yeah. I'm going to go off somewhere and not talk to anybody for a week. Oh, definitely. Oh, well, thank you so much, guys. This, is, um, this has been our 20th episode of Indie Beauty TV. Um, you can go, uh, you'll be able to watch this on Facebook. You'll be able to see it on the YouTube channel very soon. Um, and you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And I know what I haven't done. You can follow Simon. You can go and check out uh, the Beagle brand. And you're on Facebook and Instagram, aren't you, as well? Yeah. All over Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, and LinkedIn. I'm always telling people that LinkedIn is vastly underused by beauty brands and there is a lot of opportunity on there. You are a great example of how you can use LinkedIn to, to yeah, it really is, it is a, gain it is some business to business. Brand. Yeah, it's business to business. It's not necessarily business to consumer, but it, it can be very useful. Um, so thank you very much, guys. Uh, this has been Indie Beauty TV. Um, there'll be another episode later this week, but loads of indie husband love from me. Bye for now. See you later. Bye. The Indie Beauty Delivers community is a place for beautypreneurs across the globe to network, learn and share. You're invited to join in on Facebook, Instagram and sign up to Rachel's special email group to receive weekly blogs packed full of expert tips. Visit IndieBeautyDelivers.com to sign up.